We're increasing efficiency, reducing technical debt, and restructuring our corporate environment here at Red Pages Podcast. everybody. It is Wednesday, May 13th, 2015. I'm Justin. I'm Gord. I'm Paul, and I have nothing fancy to say. Uh, uh, neither that, none of us did. Yeah. The, you, the, you're dropping the ball here, man. We were supposed to... Well, it's because we don't have a guest. I mean... I, I don't have a themed thing to say. You want me to do it again? I'm Justin, and I am uh, a smelly sweat sock. I'm Gord, and I uh, am too... Uh, non-smelly socks that I put on for an hour last night and then took off. So technically they're worn, but they're fine. They're fine. I'm pulling. I dropped my headphones. Oh, okay. See, this is how the magic happens. <laughs> this is Red Pages podcast. Yeah, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be a good podcast, guys. It's episode forty-nine. Yep. Next episode is our big 50, 50 years old. Fifty next years. Year, old. Next next week our podcast is fifty years old. Oh man. That means it's old enough to wear suspenders with sweatpants. Wait, wait. I was what, what what type of gift do you get for fifty-year-old people? Is it gold, mirror, um, yeah. frankincense? I don't remember. <laughs> I th- uh, the the fiftieth anniversary is the the buttered toast anniversary. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> so, so if uh, you want to mail us some buttered toast, it would be uh, appreciated. Yeah, Adam Savage says you uh, you put some mayonnaise onto your grilled cheese. Uh, okay. Mayonnaise is the grossest continent. It's <laughs> yep, it is. It is the grossest continent. Just yeah. directly, just like slightly America, above Australia, Africa, and mayonnaise. Yep. <laughs> oh man! Now I'm picturing people trying to uh, to uh, the continent made uh, just like one day uh, something rises out of the sea and is just Atlantis, but made of mayonnaise. Well, that was the that was the plot of Superman Returns, right? <laughs> The mayonnaise continent. Yeah. Yeah, like Luther wanted to raise the mayonnaise continent out of the out of the ocean that's directly next to Metropolis, even though Metropolis is landlocked. Wait, isn't wasn't Metropolis, Metropolis supposed to be like a fake Chicago? In that no, it's supposed to be fake. Oh, maybe I think it's supposed to be New York. City, right. I mean, I, I know that um, during that era, like people were um, trying not to set movies. Uh, superhero movies in New York City because so many of them had, and I don't know whether that movie was one of the ones that tried to set in Chicago instead. I was under the impression that both Gotham City and Metropolis were supposed to be New York, right? Different views of the same city. Yeah, I mean, yeah, both of them are supposed to be New York in their comics, but uh, yeah, yeah. like Metropolis is the like the best possible version of New York, and Gotham Gotham is the the 1920s gangster-filled New York. And Metropolis is the much brighter 1960s New York. 50s. Yeah. Not 50s, sure. Whatever. Nine, 1990s. I, or if I don't you've know. seen the trailer for the new Supergirl <laughs> television show, it's New York right now. Yeah. What uh, What do you guys think of that, that trailer? I think it looks dumb. I didn't see it, but I'm going to yeah. go with that it looks dumb, just off of principle. I'm wondering uh, what there could possibly be that they didn't show in the trailer. 
Yeah, they did spoil every twist of the season, it looks like, oh. so you don't need to watch it if you watch that six-minute trailer. Except for the one that you pointed out, which was who her cousin they, is. Yeah, they never explained who Cal Al is. Does ABC, so that, that was ABC, right? Do they have the rights to... ABC is Disney, so yes. Uh. Wait. Anyway, what... It, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, ABC, okay. ABC is Disney's news network. ABC is... Hang on. Who's putting out uh, Supergirl? ABC. Is that the CW? No, is it the CW? The CW, probably. CW has a thing with DC. Um, because... Uh, CB, CBS. It's CBS. CBS. That makes more sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So who owns CBS? CBS? Do they And do they not have a deal with DC that they can just throw around the word Superman? Um, hmm. I don't know. Like, I'm wondering if they're just heavy-handing the your cousin because... Y- they, they have to throw down a whole is, bunch is of money. Is the entire series just going to have, like, a, this wink and nudge towards Superman, but, like, just never say his name? Yeah, and I figure they're, they're, like, they're not... That CBS is, owned, totally CBS is owned by itself. Oh, cool. It, it's, it? it's, uh, he, he's, um, he's a dude from Krypton who is very distinct from and totally not the same as another DC character that we cannot name in this proper, in this, uh, franchise. They should just... They should just go with the Marvel Comics uh, guy, Super Duper Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by Marvel Comics, I mean Mad Magazine. But they're basically the same. Well, I mean, if you're following Brand Etch, Brand Etch, not Brand. Um, Super, Super Duper Man. I just kind of want to see uh, they, Alfred E. Newman, the movie. They've got Superman. I think that the Super Duper Man issue of Mad Magazine is the only issue of Mad Magazine I ever owned. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the, the Superman from Marvel's Not Brand Etch was, uh, like, a, a direct homage to uh, the Super Duper Man from Mad Magazine. So it was Marvel ripping off Mad, ripping off DC. So, so guys, what have you been doing this week? Segway, 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 segway. I don't have a whole lot in the, in, in the document here, perhaps... Um, went to a birthday party where we ate some udon, and we went to an apartment and ate some cake, and then we went home because and we, then had we a, ate a baby. Yep. And when I woke up, the baby was gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> William doesn't that's, make this joke. That sound is coming from inside of your stomach. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, gosh. Oh, we got a uh, PSP, so there's a new game rig in the family. It's the only non-Nintendo console or handheld in the house, uh, other than, you know, PC, which... That totally counts as Nintendo. That's totally Nintendo. It's, yeah. an, it's a totally Nintendo. Yeah, that's All right. for me, I guess. Um, All right. Super exciting. So I, uh, I also don't have a lot this week, but I started a new book, which is uh, Jack Kerouac's On the Road. I'm learning all about the road. You know, one of one of the the more influential books of the 20th century, uh, super important for the Beat Generation. This book is a really slow burn. It starts out really mundane, and I I find myself thinking a lot, sort of like, okay, like why? What, what's going on here? Why why is this a thing we care about? But there are a lot of just individual sentences where he'll say something and it will sound. It will be about something really mundane, but it will sound really, really poetic in the way he phrases it, and then it will just move on to the next entirely mundane sentence that is not really well-worded. 
<laughs> it's it's really it like it's a good book. Hey man, it's you should better on masculine. So there was this one there was this one segment. Um I pasted I I shared it with you, Paul, earlier. Um but I thought it was super appropriate that I came across today, uh, based on current events. Because, uh, boy, boy, it shows that things haven't changed since the 40s in some ways. And it was, uh, it goes, the American police are involved in psychological warfare against those Americans who don't frighten them with imposing papers and threats. It's a Victorian police force. It peers out of musty windows and wants to inquire about everything. It can, and it can make crimes if the crimes don't exist to its satisfaction. Oh, yeah, I remember I remember seeing that quote. I was not sure where that was coming from, but yeah. Yeah, uh and I was like, man, what what is going on? What what is even going on in our world? That Jack Kerouac's nineteen fifty seven when he wrote this book about the forties is just nothing has changed. Yeah. In conclusion, I've joined the police and I'm gonna make them better. You're gonna change them from the within. Yep. After climbing uh, the yep. corporate ladder for connections with Daredevil, who will just uh, take out all of the other policemen. Right. So right. I think what you need to do is instead of doing all of that, blind yourself uh, <laughs> with radioactive waste, and then punch people. Yeah, I actually ate an entire bowl of radioactive waste for for lunch today, but I think it just made me stronger, and um, I've got this weird growth on my arm. It's like a second muscle on top of my muscle. <laughs> it, it's actually like it's it's got its own like bones. It's flexing at me and it's sort of disconcerting. Right. Oh, Pestulio. Uh yep, yeah, yes and. Come on. Come on. Invader Zim? Uh nope. I only read Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Ah. There's an Invader Zim episode where he gets a giant massive zit on his face because I think he was rubbing right. raw Something like that. It was, it was something gross. And he, uh, he draws a face on it and finds out that it can uh, hypnotize people. Yeah, gain sentience or something. <laughs> and just start blame people. There was an episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog like that, where um, Eustace got this like purple growth on his oh, foot, yeah. and his foot grew to take over his entire body, and the toe, like, each of the toes was its own head of this monster. Right, and it was, it was they were just, uh, weren't they just, like, a stereotypical mob? mob yeah, they were thing? They were all mobsters, yeah. yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah, Courage the Cowardly Dog. That was a good show. I, I was yeah. kind of freaked out by it when I was watching it as a kid, but, like, I've grown to look at it fondly. It was, it was good. Did they have Courage the Cowardly Dog in Canada? Probably, but I didn't watch it because I was an adult. When did it air? I only discovered that it was a thing when I was already over 20. It, like early 90s. Yeah. It, Curse the Cowardly Dog started, uh, ran from 1999 to 2002. Yeah. So you were not an adult. You were not even a teenager. Um, uh, maybe, may, what, wait, wait. Maybe he was. Maybe he has the, uh, that Benjamin Buttons disease. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I've just always been the age I am now. So uh, that's that's what I did. I'm I'm reading uh, I'm reading on the road. I also I went to the library and I took out a bunch of books and CDs. We're gonna try and get through Dante's Inferno. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's totally an exciting read. I don't know. Uh, you know Dante's Inferno from EA Games. Right. I'm I'm sure that if you just play the game, you'll get like pretty much all the same. Like they hit upon like the same plot points, I believe. So you know. I'm pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure that it was like one of the more faithful book to game adaptations. Right. Exactly. 
How many books have, are there that have just been directly adapted to games without, like, a movie or something in between? Uh, The Witcher. Okay, yeah, The Witcher. But there was a Witcher movie before. Oh, was, was there? there? I did not know. It was only out in Poland. Oh, okay. Because The the Witcher is the National Book of Poland. Is there a book? There's an entire series of books. Oh, the Witcher oh is I a, got it. I've read one of them. They're good. The Tom Clancy games. Uh, are those based on books, or are they just using Tom Clancy's name because they've got similar themes? I, I think they may have started being based on the books and slowly just became, uh, just, this is close enough. Okay. But I guess uh, one of the games I played this, this week is based on a comic book, but I feel like that probably doesn't No, happen. I don't think so. I mean, wait, did it become a TV show in between, or a movie? Or no, anything? it was just a comic book. Yeah. It's called Splatoon. Oh. Yeah, I can't think of any. All right, uh, Paul, what about you? What have you done? Also, a pretty slow week. Basically, uh, I got to check out some new restaurants that opened near me, like, pretty recently. There's, like, this Italian place that's, like, super expensive um, that I decided to go to with uh, my roommate and my girlfriend, and it was expensive, but it was, like, reasonable, I guess. Um, we know that they had, like, wine that was, like, a, an entire month's rent to buy, and uh, we contemplated. $20,000 bottle of wine. Yeah, well, like, what does, what does uh, a, a bottle, like, what what can you look for in a bottle of wine that costs an entire month's rent for me? Um, I, like, the most wine that I drink is, like, $10, so... I don't. I think that like there's a noticeable difference between like a one dollar bottle of wine and a ten dollar bottle of wine, mm-hmm. and there's a noticeable difference between what like a ten dollar bottle of wine and a fifty dollar bottle of wine. Right. But I don't know when those gradations start to drop off. Right, and like maybe if if I have that like three thousand bottle of wine, I just like won't be able to enjoy wine any other wine ever again. But I don't know if that's necessarily something I want to do to myself. Speaking of absurdly expensive things, did you hear about the the Picasso painting that sold, I guess, yesterday? No. Uh, setting the new world record for the most expensive painting ever sold at auction. $140 million? No. No, $179 million. No, Jesus. $179.4 million. And it wasn't even like a... It wasn't even like a... A, a good like a good Picasso. <laughs> a, a good Picasso. It wasn't what, like an important Picasso. Right. Okay. It was a later period. Uh, and it's it's interesting because it's just like a reflection of the art collecting market because there are so many newly wealthy people who don't know anything about art the way that art collectors used to fifteen twenty years ago. Right. But they recognize the big names. They rec- like they've heard of Picasso, so they want to just buy a Picasso because it's a Picasso. And then they put it in their climate controlled safes where they yeah. never look at it because it's an investment. Right. You know what you want you know what painting I want? I just want a painting that spans my entire wall and is just white and looks like crappy stucco or crappy yeah. Just the stucco on the inside of your house. Yeah. And that'll uh, remind you of the time that you killed your dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Here, here's a, here's a thing. Can you can you make it look like stucco, but the material is actually mayonnaise? <laughs> uh, okay. Here's another art thing. There was a I heard about this this professor. Um, I forget where it was. It was um, oh, it was at uh, UC San Diego, and he has been teaching this class for eleven years. 
And the final for the class requires you to show up naked and just take the final. Oh, okay. And everybody is naked. The professor is naked. He's been doing it this way for 11 years. If you don't want to take off your clothes, you can come in emotionally naked instead. But apparently in the entire history of the class, only one person has ever opted for that. And finally, a parent complained. (laughs) And now there's this big, there's this big, like, controversy over whether they should be allowed to do this. And the, the department's like, well, all of the students are made aware of this requirement the first day of class. And this course is not required for graduation. So I think that maybe you should suck it up. Yeah. So wait, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit confused. So the ones who want to see some titties. Is it okay. a man? No, cle- uh, because well, okay, the student whose mother complained was a girl. So right. no. Wait. So I'm I'm just kind of wondering like how this works. Like, do you get naked and then walk to class, or do you get naked in the class? I think you probably strip down in once you're in the classroom. Okay. It would, it would be quite entertaining just seeing like forty people yeah. just walking to a class naked. Yeah, it is. So you, the quote from the syllabus is that you have to perform a gesture that traces, outlines, or speaks about your erotic selves, because the body is the standard canvas for performance art and body art. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway, I've talked to a couple people about this, and the, it has ranged from, oh, that's entirely reasonable for an art class, to that's some pretentious art garbage. Mm. It could be both, to be honest. I guess. Is all art just pretentious art garbage? What is art? <laughs> what, what, is, what is a game? That's, that's something that I've hmm, had this deep conflict over for years. What is a game? Like... Well, what is, yes, what is game? Is game art, and is art... Well, as as we all know, a uh, game is something that has to have a fail state. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so... The saying is Dwarf Fortress is art. <laughs> yes, sure. I mean, I would definitely say that. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I would agree, yeah. So I, I have my own personal definition of art that I think serves really well in every situation, and that is uh, art. Art is a, a creative expression produced by a person or a, you know, a living thing, I guess, because you you can have you know animals do paint. Produ- um, with like you can have wind, the, something that that's not. I would I would say that if it is just a natural a thing produced in nature, out without that, intention, that's just nature. Then it's just yeah, that's not art. I think art requires intentionality. Um, it is, it is, it is a, a creative work produced by a living, intentionally produced by a living creature with the intent, sort of, and one of, one of the intents has to be to provoke some sort of emotional response. And what that emotional response is doesn't really get specified. It can be anything, but it has to have some level of emotional engagement to it. That's pretty, that's a fair definition. Right, like that's, like that's the definition I came up with. I, uh, I took I took art classes in school. That, that game, that game that was on Steam that got pulled off of Steam, and then people complained, and then Gabe said this shouldn't have been pulled off of Steam. The one Hatred. about kill all the that was it's kill people kill the, for the sake of killing people. 
Okay, so you're not talking about the game that was just kill all the gays? No, that 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 was just hate speech. All right, like, that, one, yeah, that one too. That one. Okay, let's start with that one. That's, I mean, that that was definitely a, a a living creature trying to evoke a reaction, right? I mean, right, and I'm pretty sure he like right, did exactly are, what he said. There are yeah. laws against hate speech. Yeah. Mm. Like that is that is a thing that is pulled off because it is illegal. Well, I mean, not necessarily sure. illegal, but, but it's not protected speech in any way, and so is, pulling it is off it is. I mean, nothing on Steam is protected because it's a private. No, also marketplace. true. Like the, the Steam is not a public font, front font. Right, but they do have stuff in their like uh, user agreement that like you can't do anything that's like openly hateful. Steam right. is Comic Sans. I think Steam is more of a Tahoma. I think Steam is a. Uh, a video game distribution platform. I think Steam is a vapor <laughs> uh, made of water particles. <laughs> yep. Got that. So, so so does that answer your question about art? Did I solve your years-long problem? Okay, but... Hmm. Is art valuable? Is Sorry, hang on. Is entertainment valuable? Um, well, okay, so there, I think there's a distinction between art and entertainment, right. which is why in the newspaper you have the arts and entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the distinction is the ampersand. Yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. So, so, but I mean, like, art is not necessarily entertainment. Art can be intended to shock and disturb, which is not entertaining. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in, in the most general, like, basic art, sense. Art... People watch art horror movies because they find being shocked and horrified to be... Okay, okay, but, okay, art can be primarily informative, right? It can be informational. Right. Like and Zumbinis. Right. But Zumbinis is also entertaining. But I don't think that entertainment is an inherent quality of art. Okay. Right. So, like, looking at uh, uh, going to a, uh, a showing and seeing a bunch of blank canvases... Uh, that's, maybe that's art, but it's not entertainment. Um, I mean, it can be entertainment for a person who finds it entertaining. Right. I'd say the entertainment would be, like, uh, showing off how pretentious you can be to your friends or strangers. I can be pretty pretentious to my friends and strangers. I mean, <laughs> maybe it's not being pretentious that you just have a genuine understanding and emotional connection with these blank canvases. Right, like, do the, so... Or maybe it's the performance of having these blank canvases in this room uh, be the entertainment. So this is, this is a dis- like, a discussion about ready-mades, right? So, like, Marcel Duchamp taking a toilet and putting it in an art museum and saying, this is a, a piece of art right. that I found, and I've tilted it 45 degrees, and, that, and so it is now oh, art. There's that, that, uh, that, uh, that that's not Qism, is it? It's the uh, one of the ones that's just a bunch of rectangles. Dada, Dadaism? Pointillism? Point, yeah, what, a good, just a bunch of dots? No, uh, rectangles uh, of color. Oh, you're talking about uh, P.A. Mondrian. The one that was hanging P.A. Uh, P.A. Mondrian. Someone walked along and said, hey, that one's upside down, and everyone said, what, the heck? what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, uh, P.A. Mondrian. Okay, and then uh, somebody looked it up. Yeah, book. that is... That is actually he's he is just one painter, huh? Like that's not a style. I mean, I guess it is the style of oh, uh, that one painter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so like, but, yeah, that's that's abstract art, modern abstract modern. Is I don't know. Is entertainment on its own valuable? 
So, I mean, okay, that, that's like a bigger question, yeah. though, right? Like, like what what is value? Value doesn't exist except for in as much as people perceive value to exist, right? Because you, it's arbitrary. Like, all value is arbitrary and individual. Like, because it is just a thing that you decide, I am going to place some sort of emotional investment in this thing to give it value. And like some, some of that is culturally, some of that is culturally informed. Like we, we value Beethoven because our culture informs us that Beethoven is a great musician, but that is not inherent in Beethoven. Like the universe did not just get up and say, Beethoven is a great composer. There is no inherent meaning in anything that a person produces, right? It's all perception right. and societal evaluation. Hmm. These are these are deep philosophical questions that do not have right answers. Necessarily. I mean, like, this, this is what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so you are the well, right man to ask. Yeah, well, I mean, like, this is what a lot of... I don't know, I took a high school philosophy class. I could talk about this, right? <laughs> philosophy 101 in college? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I did take philosophy in college too, but not like I'm not a philosophy major. I, can, I have a friend who is. He's at Stanford. He probably knows what he's talking about. <laughs> but like these, these are questions that that are not new. Like these are questions that Socrates was thinking about in Greece. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that this is something that can be solved. I just need it to be resolved for yeah. me personally. So, like I'm not sure. Like I, I'm not sure what your question. Like is just, just your question. Does anything have value? And the answer is only, only in the as value much that as it's given. Give it value, right? Like because value is a is a construct. Right. Okay, but are video games valuable? Like, okay, that, hang on, that's up for you to decide. Or I well, guess. I'll okay. Also. also, also, what content? Like, when you say value, do you mean like are video games valuable to a person? Are they valuable to a society? Like, what scale are you looking at? Because like a video game, like some video games are valuable to me but they are not valuable to you. Mm. Uh, for example, La Mulana is valuable to you, but not valuable <laughs> to me. I would say that right? it is a valuable experience that you are opting out of. So, is the... Okay. Like, is the, the way that you enjoy difficulty in games is like someone just pulled a game out of your head and... Uh, it, it is La Mulana, but, you know, th- there's this one thing about jumping, how you can't change your trajectory once you've jumped, and, like, because of that, you're missing all of the uh, fantastic value. So, okay, so do you think that a, the value of the experience of a thing is different than the value of the thing itself? I think, huh. Hmm. So, like, is the val- is the experience of listening to a piece of Beethoven music separate in terms of the value than the experience of the composition itself? I think the experience is the thing. Like, the thing itself is just a container for the experience that you will have when you are consuming it. Okay, so, but, mm, are there are there works of art that you have not personally experienced but you still value? I bet you that there are. Uh, I I bet you that there are. I bet you that you value the new Avengers movie and have not seen it yet. I value the experience that I will have when I watch it. I don't know how highly yet because I haven't 
seen it. But you haven't, ex- but you haven't experienced it yet. Right. So you value, the, okay, so you value the experience uh, that you, you value the anticipation of the experience, but you can't value the experience because you haven't had it. Right. Oh, well, hang on. There are some, hang on, hang on. Uh, shoot, I forget the example, but there's like, oh, I value uh, Forbidden Fortress. Is that what it's called? No. Um, the movie that New Hope it was based off of. Dune. Right. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> I don't know. One of the other seven or eight movies that New Hope was uh, lifted okay, off. Do you, do you value Jodorowsky's Dune, which does not exist? Uh, I value the experience that I could have had. I can, can you value something that does not and never will exist? And, like, what does that mean? How, how do you put value on something that is entirely abstract? The Forbidden Castle, or Binanjo. Is the movie that I was thinking of. How do I value something that I haven't experienced? Now, how do you value something that doesn't exist? Hmm. Well, I don't think that the experience is necessarily something that exists or is tangible. But like the movie, the movie that Jodorowsky was going to make also just doesn't like, exist. Yeah, and like the the experience that I have playing Lamulana is not something that exists outside of me. Just like the experience, your experience with. Hmm. You you can't have my experience playing that. Right, but I know that but your experience does exist. Like I know that it exists, you had it, as opposed to nobody having an experience of seeing a movie that never existed. Hmm. I think that's just a question of um hang on, what's the word that I'm looking for? Semantics. <laughs> no. Um uh, the act of bringing something to fruition. Um, Actualization? Sure, yeah. Like, someone could make that thing, and then it would exist. I mean, we've probably scared away all our listeners at this point, right? Um, We should probably go to the game section, though. All right, yeah. That seems good. You can... You can go first. All right, Uh, sure. Um, So a large portion... A large part of why I hadn't really done anything in this past week was because of the... uh, League of Legends Mid-Season Invitational, which I talked about last week with those Oh, yeah, you, guys. you were playing in that, right? Oh, yeah, I was totally playing in that, uh, especially during the China versus Korea parts. Um, but, yeah, it was um, quite uh, distressing because uh, the North American team had hyped themselves up to be top two in the world, and they hit fifth place out of the six teams that are competing, which means that they're better than the wild, the true wildcard team I think that was coming out of Brazil. I don't remember exactly, but they're they're a team that pretty much expected to go zero five, and we're just trying to have fun with it, which they did, and they, so they were successful. Everyone loved them for it, but the North American team got fifth place, um, and they just like looked super sloppy. It, it was depressing, and so uh, it makes me sad. But North America just looked terrible, and I think a different team uh, that came out of our league would have done better in this tournament. Maybe. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Super depressing. Uh, and the finals were China versus uh, South Korea, or just Korea, whatever, because North Korea doesn't have a League of Legends team that I know of. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that was uh, exciting finals. They went to five games. China went out in the end. Um, but it was close, 
and everyone seemed like they were having a good time, and I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, but that did take up, like, from Thursday to Sunday. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I, I know you did play some games. I did, I did play some games. I uh, played a bit of, of League of Legends while that was going on, just because watching League of Legends somehow turns into playing League of Legends. Who knew that would happen? Um, the Splatoon Global Test Fire was happening Friday and Saturday, and I got to get in on two of those, and I was having a lot of fun. Um, despite, like, at first being like, man, these controls are terrible, I can't get past these controls. Uh, and then realizing that if you hit plus in the first menu, you can actually change the controls and the sensitivity and all those nice things. Afterwards, it was much better for me, but I was still playing like trash because I haven't played a console shooter in so long. Because you're trash. And also I'm trash. <laughs> um, but rollers, man, rollers are uh, the little Mac of Splatoon. Very easy to play with to begin with, low skill cap. Um, they play essentially like a melee weapon or a shotgun of this game. Um, do a lot in just covering surfaces with paint, but they offer no verticality and relatively uh, are are relatively useless in a uh, face-to-face engagement because people will just cut you and shoot you dead. It was really interesting. I also played, I only played in one of them. But um, it was interesting to watch the meta of Splatoon evolve over the three different test sessions. Which is all of which were only an hour each. But the games were, like, so short. Yeah, games were, like, two minutes like, each. I think they were actually three minutes each. And, like, like there were enough people on this test fire that you were in a game, like, instantly. If you could even get on. Like, their servers were getting hammered. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, for, like, the first couple of minutes. But I think it actually, like, got, was, like, surprisingly stable um, after that, like, especially... Yeah, once like, you were in, it was fine. Yeah, like, especially um, considering, like, how poorly Blizzard handles uh, their Diablo. releases, yeah. especially with Diablo, it was just like, wow, this is surprisingly smooth. Like, I expected there to be Diablo levels of uh, horrible connection issues, but it was good. So, yeah, so it was really interesting for me uh, to see the, the meta evolve from the entire game being dominated by rollers in the first test fire to the second test fire being... It was actually the uh, Splattershot like, uh, Juniors. Yeah, the Splattersh- well, the Splattershot Junior was the third hour. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, the spl- like the normal just splat gun, people using them to counter the rollers, and then by the third one, people realizing that... Like the, the, the short fire super, range, but like the, the, yeah, the high super rate of fire was... Power and the the invincibility. Oh, the right, yeah, you got the invincibility was just so much better than getting the like throw a billion bombs thing. That was just like right way easier. So every every hour was a completely different strategy that everybody was using, right. which was really cool. And uh, I remember um, and the sniper stank. And the sniper no just like stank this. the entire time just because it has uh, poor range despite being a sniper. Yeah, and uh, it, the the it's. Its ink usage actually was like the worst part, because uh, even if you got to a sniper location, you would just like randomly run out of ink, and it would just be terrible. And if you try to like spam fire, you would run out of ink so fast that you'd be uh, useless in a fight pretty much immediately. Yeah. So I don't I don't think that's necessarily a balancing issue. They it feels like they chose uh, some of the smaller maps where sniping is a little bit more difficult. 
Yeah, there's like the sniper that they gave us is not going to be the sniper that people want to right. use, I, and there are they've shown in videos many other types. Right, right. Of I know that they showed off like the one with the scope, and it, I was like, a scope that seems terrible. Um, but looking at it now, I was like, actually, if it increases the range by a significant amount, the scope is going to be very good. And um, I'm excited to see what it's going to look like with the uh, full uh, range of weapons that you're going to have access to. Um, and I, I was also uh, entertained by how quickly people are figuring out different ways to move around just because you move so much faster when in squid form. People are just like, yeah, if you uh, uh, are... It, the nice thing about the game is that the controls are such that whenever you um, hit your RL, it cancels uh, firing, and whenever you hit um, R, or ZL, and whenever you hit ZR, it cancels your squid form. So you can actually just kind of switch between them in a pretty rhythmic way in order to uh, kind of do like this dash um, where you're constantly spreading paint and you would re- also recharge your paint and it would almost give you as much uh, coverage as a roller if you did it correctly. Yeah. And there's also the, uh, some cool splat hopping, um, which takes a bit of getting used to and is pretty hard to actually do in a real game just because uh, they're way more chaotic. Um, but it, it's cool that people are figuring out all these uh, deep movement options, and it seems like uh, this could be a surprisingly deep competitive game. Yeah, uh, it just needs to build up a critical mass of players. Right, exactly. And like I, I had so much fun just playing two hours of this game that I just immediately went onto Amazon and pre-ordered a copy. You mean to tell me that Nintendo made a fun game? <laughs> yeah, right? Um this is the alternate timeline where uh, in Super Mario Sunshine, uh, Professor Egad's paint thing just takes over the world. Yep. 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 Man, <laughs> that guy needs to stop inventing stuff. Nothing he has made has been good. Wait, what about his uh, Game Boy thing? But uh, he o- that was only good in that it let him clean up his other mess that he had already made, right? That That's true, yeah. Like the, the ghost machine, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Ghost Prison Game Boy thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he made a sweet... Okay, no, no, I take it back. He made a sweet coffee machine in uh, <laughs> oh, Mario and yeah, Luigi. That was the one good thing that he ever <laughs> and all it did. And all it did was make coffee. It made great coffee, increased your stats, so it was super yeah, good. it just made... Okay, so he needs to go into the coffee market. Right. Um, wait, isn't, isn't there, like, actually... Uh, didn't that have the uh, Starbucks logo, but with his face on it? Yes. Yeah, that was great. I love that. Uh, Did you play anything uh, any other than that? I guess? Um, I uh, well, I just also want to talk about uh, the uh, Nintendo's E3 announcement video today. In which oh right, Reg- Reggie quit. And Reg- <laughs> Reggie quit his job for and two filed Ziltronin. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the Nintendo World Championship is back, which is going to be super cool. Um, I don't know what that means. I mean. Uh, Presumably, uh, it's going to be like the one fifteen years ago, or 25 years ago, wow, um, where they had people just play a whole bunch of Nintendo games and see who could gonna, do the best in them. I'm going to spoil something. I don't remember 25 years ago. Uh, that's understandable, because I don't really remember I w- it either. I, w- I was alive for it, but I don't remember it. No, you weren't. It was not, it was not yes, I was. It was 1990. Yes, I, yes, I was born in that year. I was I was a person who was alive at that point. No, I wasn't. Well, whatever. Like I said, I I was there. I just it was just not on my radar. I should have been paying better attention. You should have been. Oh, 
Um, final thing is uh, I finally played some Heroes in the Storm again after four months, according to Hot Swags. And, uh, man, that game puts me on tilt. <laughs> it's, I mean, you just don't tell everyone they're trash, right? I mean, yeah, I was just, I started this jest, and then it became this plan. These people are actual trash. We we did win at least one game. One, yeah, we we won um twenty five percent of the game. We won, we won the game where we had a team that didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The, the the first two losses weren't our fault. They yeah, that's true. They really weren't. Um, we tried our hardest despite being down a player. We did really well given the fact that we were four versus five in those games. Yeah. Um, but apparently I have a stim pack now, so I've got to, I should probably use more of it. Use more of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. I'll, I mean, I'm I'm still playing that game sometimes. So. Yeah, that's fair. Also, there's a new hero, Kelthas. Yeah, it seems alright. Yeah, I, I don't know if I like him. He's, or not. he's got we'll he's got Asmodan's uh, giant glowing orb of death. Yeah, only at homes. Uh, Asmodan's also homes. Oh, it doesn't? Yeah, it does. Asmodan's... Oh, no, no. Asmodan, as depicted in Diablo 3. Oh, okay. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I was like... I, I can yeah. see where the confusion uh, set in. I'm excited about uh, Joanna. She's in the game. I, I have her in my heroes list. I just can't use her. What? Yeah, if you go into your list of all heroes, she's there. Huh. She's just not usable yet. I mean... Clearly, what that means is she's done and patched in, and they just have to flip a switch. Right. I am surprised that they finished her before the monk, because, uh, I mean, the monk had not been getting any love in Diablo 3, which means it translates into, uh, monk doesn't get any love in Heroes of the Storm. They probably can't figure out what monks are supposed to do. Uh, you know what they're supposed to do? Be necromancers, because everyone wants to play as a necromancer. <laughs> no, they're clearly supposed to, um, give you copies of spells that your opponents cast. I guess I'll go if you're done. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I played two games, basically two, other than World of Warcraft and uh, Hearthstone and all that all that stuff that I just kind of play every once in a while, but at least once a week. I played Splatoon, which we talked about, but I also started playing The Wolf Among Us, which is a, a Telltale Games game based on the Fables comic book series. Uh, so the the conceit of this world is that at some point about a hundred years ago, a bunch of fairy tale characters got together and moved from Europe to New York City, and they wear American spells. Gods. No, not quite. Not quite, because they don't require belief or anything. They are literally American like, gods the, minus small gods. They are. Also, not gods. It's more like folktale characters. So they wear these things called glamours that make them look like humans. But it's more like Mr. Toad or the flying monkey from The Wizard of Oz than deities. Um, so you pl- you play as a big, the 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 sheriff of this particular borough of New York that no one knows about called Fable Town. You don't you don't you don't play uh, as a Balrog. No, you play as a Big B Wolf, who is the Big Bad Wolf, and he's the sheriff. Clever. Yep, Big B. And Big B is a pretty violent guy, as as you might expect from the Big Bad Wolf. But his he, he's he's like trying to prove that he's he's actually a pretty good guy. He's put the past behind him. So this is American Gods minus Small Gods plus Wreck-It Ralph. 
No. Minus the gods. No, nothing at all like that. <laughs> so, he he gets a call from Mr. Toad. And there's, there, there's like a murder, and he's teaming up with Snow White and Ichabod Crane. Who, I don't... Ichabod Crane, I don't think, needs to disguise himself. He's just actually a dude. I guess in the way that Snow White is actually a dude. Let me rephrase that. (laughs) Minus small gods. Plus that other thing that I said. Plus that iron... uh, They might be giant saw. I have no idea what you're talking about. Hang on. Keep talking. It's, it, I mean, it's a Telltale Games game. You walk around, you click on stuff, you investigate crime scenes. It's like CSI uh, Enchanted Forest, but it's in New York. Um, you go to... It's like playing yeah. Werewolf, the video game. Uh, there, There's just some, some frontal nudity in this game. Someday there's I'll some, win. Some animated. I'm not Ichabod Crane, and through my dark days, I'll say until then, someday I'll win, I'm not Ichabod Crane, so mark it down while I say it again. No, because he is Ichabod Crane. Oh. This is American Gods, minus Small Gods, plus Wreck-It Ralph, the answer minus is still no. Authenticity Trip by They Might Be Giants. No. <laughs> plus uh, the Telltale Games um, Walking Dead series. It's actually not very much like The Walking Dead. I mean, the gameplay is, but the tone is not. It's very. It's It's much more... CSI than Walking Dead. You, uh... Yeah, there there are just some some Telltale Games animated boobs in this game, because you have to go to uh, the Puddin' and Pie, which is Georgie Porgy's strip club. You know, I'm picturing that just being the... across between the Wallace and Gromit uh, art style and the art style they went with for the uh, Back to the Future games. Yeah, so imagine... um, It's actually pretty close to the Walking Dead art style. Sort of cell shaded, sort of three D. Pastel-y. Yeah, it's not like the Game of Thrones art style, which is watercolors, and also the Game of Thrones art style is garbage. I really dislike it. It is so. The fact that all of the backgrounds in that game are just blurry, looks like somebody didn't render their graphics properly. Blurry mm. is really, really visually distracting to me. Like the characters look fine, but the environments they're moving around in are, I don't know, they, they make me feel kind of gross. Not that that's a bad game, but it just, it's not the most visually appealing to me. Anyway, so Wolf Among Us is good. I haven't gotten through it yet. Uh, I've, I've reached the third episode out of five. So there's a, a twist. There's a twist. I know who the villain is now. Um, it was the guy who I thought it was all along. I'm a good detective. Or the game is a bad mystery. We'll find out, I guess, if it doesn't reverse on us. So, yeah. Um, I guess that's all I've... All right, so what have you been playing, Gord? All right, so I, I've, I've been playing some uh, Dishonored, which seems really good. And I kept thinking, man, this this feels really cool. This is just like a... This feels just like a, a Bioshock. And I thought, wait, I could just be playing Bioshock. There's a whole Bioshock Infinite game that I have not played... So uh, I think I'm going to do that instead. Hey, I bet you that you'll like Dishonored better than Bioshock. Yeah? Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think Dishonored is probably a better game than Bioshock Infinite. I think Bioshock Infinite is a, an interesting game, but I think it's also a failure of a game. Really? You've been 1990 mode? Y- yes. 
That just changes the difficulty. It doesn't change the, the fundamental of the game. I don't know what 1990 mode is. 1999? 1999 mode is just a super hard mode. You, it's, huh. um, I'm trying to remember. It's like, if you, what is, what is it? You like, you, there are way fewer respawn points in ammo. Huh. You take way more damage. I was kind of hoping it was uh, something that they have, did with the, uh, the, the time travel aspect. Nope, it's like everything. Um, if you have, if uh, if you don't have a hundred dollars to pay as a fine when you die, you just game over permanently. Oh, well. um, yeah, it, the idea is that is that they it's want it Nintendo to be Nintendo hard. Yeah, it's difficult, like a game you would play in 1999. Oh, okay. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody who isn't really, really into that sort of thing. I don't think it enhances the experience. I did play through the DLC in 1998 mode, which is really good. <laughs> What's 1998 mode? So 1998 mode is... Well, 1998 was the year the original Thief came out. Huh. And uh, the second the second episode of the DLC is um, you play as the girl instead of the, the guy. Huh. And... In ni- normally, you can... There are a couple ways you can tackle problems as her, one of which is stealth... In 1998 mode, it removes all of the weapons from the game, so you can only use stuff. <laughs> and I was like, this is real good. Nice. So, yeah, like, uh, why why is Dishonored so much like Bioshock? It's not. It, it, it's, it's, it's a lot like Bioshock. I would say Dishonored is... Might be because I'm playing super, with a 360 controller. I'd say Bioshock... Dishonored is superficially like Bioshock, mm. but in terms of the actual game flow and... Yeah, it definitely feels less chunky. Like, hmm. like Bioshock is a first-person shooter. Dishonored is a stealth game. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can you can play it as a you first-person shooter. You can play it as a first-person shooter if you want to Dialogue. ruin everything. Yeah, if you... Well, not even... Like, you can go in guns blazing and be fine. Oh, uh, tell me but, something. Um... The, uh, so I'm going to play through the game without killing anyone. Uh, there are some quests where the quest is go kill this person. Uh, do I have an option, or do I just kill that person? No, you have. Op- you can do an entirely non-lethal playthrough. Excellent. And the world state. So the game tracks that sort of stuff, and the world itself will change based on your disposition and like if you kill people or if you get seen or stealth or anything like that. Ah. Uh. It is constant. It's not a karma system, but it kind of is, and it's tracking all of that stuff. So can I go back and redo levels to change the? No. Oh no. Because yeah, I was seen twice in the first level. Yeah, you, and like if you want to really play stealth mode, like you'll be sitting there for a long time to make sure <laughs> to make patrol lines line up. Sometimes. Yeah. I don't know what to do about uh, groups of people that are facing each other. You'll get some spells. Uh, <laughs> possess one dude and then oh no you can't attack can you can't, can't uh... but you'll get you'll get spells and teleports and stuff anyway yeah it's it's pretty different from Bioshock okay um I also played some Gong Home uh, as it Gong Gong Home <laughs> as it is spelled here in the uh, the document let's uh, let's check the uh, history I'll change it saved and drive. Wow. This looks so different. Oh, no, maybe I just totally typed it in like that. Otherwise, it's Yeah, that was you spelled it gong home. 
All right, so uh, I played some uh, Gong Home, <laughs> and uh, that was really good and cathartic, and maybe uh, is an answer to uh, do games our, have... Our balance? games art. Yeah, our games art, because this is... Our games fart. So it, this game... Wait, wait, is, wait, but, but it's not a game, because there's no failure it's a state. Walking simulator. There's, there's, there's totally no, a failure there's state. There's no failure state. Yeah, there is. Your failure state is you don't the, figure the, out what you're Yeah, the failure to state is you stopping, stop playing the game because you're, you're stuck. The failure state is Alt-F4. So, so, Gone Home was the Red Pages podcast game of the year for 2013. Mm. Actually, yeah. I, uh, I, I only just played it now. Yeah, because you, you weren't on that episode where we decided what the game of the year was. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. So we just voted without you. Something, something, something about fascism. Um, yeah, uh, it was super good. Uh, it's, uh, it's definitely in the same, same vein, same genre, would you say, of, uh, as, um, Dear Esther. And... I'd say it's way better than Dear Esther. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but it's the same, it's, it's the same type of thing. It's the same creature. It's also, uh... Lost my train of thought. Ethan Carter. Uh, these are right. all the same... Like, you're dumped into a spot, you're totally isolated, there aren't any other people, uh, you just gotta go around and poke at things and look at things from different angles until you uh, get a picture of uh, what happened to this place to make it the way that it is now. Uh, this one is... So there's a uh, a Douglas Copeland book uh, where Douglas Copeland writes himself into it uh, twice, I think. Uh he meets somebody on an airplane. The, the, the main character meets Douglas Copeland on, on an airplane, and uh, this guy really desperately needs a favor. And Douglas Copeland said, all right, tell you what. You give me your laptop right now without going in and erasing a single thing, uh, and I will I'll, you know, give you 200 bucks for this, this plane ticket or whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, like, there's just something, like, super personal and private about walking into someone's home and opening right. all of the drawers and dumping them out. Right. Um, I mean, you're, you're like specifically like sort of looking for secrets. Yeah. And you find a lot more than you were uh, hoping for. You find out some things about your dad. You find out some things about your mom. You find out some things about your sister. Yeah. Um, about your, about your, your uncle. Uh, yeah. I guess your great uncle. Yeah, find out some things oh about yeah. Your great uncle. How'd you, how'd you enjoy that? Uh, I raunchy message about your sister having sex. <laughs> so I I uh, I clicked on the page and without actually reading any of it I bent over to <laughs> William and I had to bounce him for a couple of minutes until he stopped fussing and, uh, and then I looked back and the page was back on the ground and it said nope not reading any more of that <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep uh, so I, I had to I ended up googling it to find out what the heck ah um, uh, yeah yeah, um, the uh, the music was really good, and uh, I wanted to just listen to a bunch more of that. And then uh, Justin linked me to a few band camps, and I will uh, have to go hunt those down and uh, listen thoroughly. That's that's something that I enjoy uh, in a uh, music from the nineties. Yeah, well, ah. hmm. there was a lot of music from the nineties. There was a lot of music from the nineties, and I don't like, I'd say, most of it. Really? Yeah. Not a fan of Riot Girl? Uh, not a fan of NSYNC? Because no NSYNC is totally Riot Girl and was featured heavily in... There was no NSYNC in this game. game. 
All of the music in this oh, game is right. No, I'm just talking about uh, just uh, in general from the 90s. Oh, oh just in general. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're more of a Backstreet Boys guy, I can tell. <laughs> but There's a difference between Backstreet Boys and NSYNC? I thought that was just like a, a catch-all term. No, there there are different bands. Yeah. Yeah. They're so different. Yeah, they're very different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right down to their frosted tips. Exactly. <laughs> I believe that the answer is faux show. Fro show. Fro show. Anyways, um, Gone Home is uh, really good. Um, I, I took some notes while I was playing. One was I really want to flip these tapes over to hear more, uh, but the problem is that because uh, like in the game, you the the tapes totally have a. Uh, uh, a, a state of which side it's facing up. Unfortunately, no matter which side is facing up, when you put it into the machine, it uh, flips to the only side that it has a song for. Yeah, because uh, right, yeah, there is, <laughs> there, there's only so much licensed music that they could get. Mm. So, what do you think of the of the story of this game? I think that's kind of the point. Wait, okay. it, was, it wasn't all right, girl mixtapes. What is? The story, other than a collection of, uh, like, a, a glimpse into someone's, into a family's life. Like, there's the, there's the coming out, I guess, coming out to your sister, right? Because, like, coming out to your parents was just a, a subplot. Gay people don't exist. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Not uh, at all. Well, what, what was the story? The story is... I, I mean, what are what are stories? What is game? Um, <laughs> so you come home from traveling abroad, and your parents have moved. So not only is this not the place that you call home, it's a place that your entire family has, has moved into without you. So this is a place with all of their stories. Okay, so so what do you think is the story of Gone Home? Uh, once upon a time, there was a really really persnickety Martian. Not the story. Right. This is the story of the persnickety Martian. It was a really cathartic journey. That's that's what I would say the story is. It's the player exploring this this family. Um, so it's I mean it's it's in, it's all environmental storytelling. Yeah. You got I really want to the uh, the journey of the Crystal Super Nintendo game. Uh, there's just uh, there are a couple of cartridges lying there, and uh, that was nostalgic for me. Even though I'm living in the land of nostalgia, because the uh, cartridges here are all uh, a completely different standard. I don't remember if they have different pins uh, as the uh, Super Nintendo, uh, but it's the the Japan slash PAL format. These are not the cartridges from my childhood, and I guess that's what I want out of them, right? Anyway, um, Journey of the Crystal looks pretty cool. I seem to remember something about uh, those games. Um, like, were those just also Kickstarters that were running at the same time? Are those indie yeah. games that some other teams are making? Maybe. I have no idea what you're talking about. You walk into uh, one of the bedrooms, or maybe... Oh, 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 you mean in the game. I thought you were talking about something completely different. I thought you had just randomly changed the subject. I've lost, completely lost the <laughs> so, so in Gone Home, uh, there are three Super Nintendo cartridges. Yeah, those are all, those are all fake games. Okay. Um, but the art is done by um by like a fair like well known indie game artists like the artist from uh Bastion did one. Ah, okay. I see. So Yeah, those are all games that I would play in a heartbeat. 
I thought I thought that uh hmm. Was there not like was there like a uh, pre official version of this game where those games were other games? No. There, there wasn't like this this was never a mod on some website that you could Um I mean the game was originally built using the Amnesia mod engine, but it was never public. Mm. I thought I heard a story about um the games that you could find in that and uh that they were changed yeah, for it, copyright reasons or something. Maybe that was a different game. I know that. I um, don't think maybe, but I don't think that that's a thing. I know that the uh, the robot Spelunky game is uh, uh, has uh, a spot that is different based on which platform you're playing it on. For example, if you're playing it on Steam, it's uh, Half Life Three uh, waiting line. Um, oh yeah. Back down in the uh, way down in the the depths. What was that game called? Steam, Steam House, Steam Robot, Steams. Um, this is embarrassing because we've had one of the dudes on the show to talk about it. Wait, Steams? Steam World Dig. Oh, okay. right, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, I remember what you're talking about now. Right. My version of that game did not have a Half-Life 3 waiting line in it. Uh, what Mine did. did you play it on? It's a, I played it on 3DS. Oh, uh, what did that have instead? Uh, that was the very original version, so it had nothing like that. I no joke. It had. It was just a very serious game. Yeah, uh, it had some robots in it, I think. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, there's totally a anyway, secret Mario area in SteamWorld Dig. Uh, I think that's in the Wii U version. Uh, okay. Anyway. Right. So. Um. Yeah. Uh, somebody go make uh, Journey of Crystal, which was you were saying by the uh, the the Bastion artist. I think so. Yeah, it was nice seeing those old North American cartridges. Huh, somebody's just made physical mock-ups of those uh, those games. <laughs> Adventurous the Cat, Journey of Crystal, Super Spitfire. Yep. We are getting Gone Home Space, which I really hope is the uh, what's his name, John Russell. I have no idea what you're talking about. The uh, the all of the manuscripts that you find that uh, that your dad was writing in Gone Home are about this space man who. Oh right. It goes back in time to save the president because he's a bad enough dude. Um, so I hope that uh, that this is just stepping into that universe. I also found out that the uh, the magic eye pictures work even in digital format because I uh, stuck my face real up uh, real close to the uh, screen and crossed them until I could see. Uh, what about all the sweet Lisa Frank stuff all over? <laughs> oh that yeah, that good. was good. That was pretty good. Yeah. I kind of want to stock all of my. St- all of my apparel as Lisa Frank. I feel like that would be a good ironic thing to do. Uh, yeah. I'm, everyone loves irony. I'm living yep. in a uh, post-ironic world. It's the, uh, the, the what was that, uh, the real sincerity, the new sincerity. The new sincerity, which is the old sincerity. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, less ironic. I don't know. I think it would be really funny to have all that stuff. Hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, Gone Home is really great. It tells a cool story uh, through the environment, and it, uh, it also really instills this sensation of isolation, uh, like the Mist games, and like... Uh, okay, did you play the, the game that this guy made before this? No, what game is that? Bioshock 2. <laughs> oh. uh, then yes. Yeah. He, only, he did the DLC. Yeah. It was called um, Minerva's Den. Right. And it was very similar to this in the way it was made up. Gord, how huh. did you uh, enjoy that one jump scare? I uh, did not see it. I guess I wasn't looking at the screen. I just walked into that room, and it was laid out the way that it was when you, uh, I guess, after you, the jump scare. 
It was also a loud noise. Yeah, there, it's a light, loud noise, a visual cue, and lightning. A light bulb exploding. Oh yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, there, there was, there were, there was constant rolling thunder. I, I, yeah, think I just it, didn't. No, you walk into I think the it's base. You walk into the base scare if you don't look at an item. Yes, if you don't look at the crucifix, then the, the if you don't try, if you don't oh. go for the crucifix, then the the light bulb doesn't explode. It was in the crucifix room. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah I, the little between hallway. I tried to mess over the crucifix, but it didn't. It didn't look like something something that I could pick up. So I just oh no, you could up. totally go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and it I, creates the only jump scare in the entire game. On my second or third pass, I uh, discovered that that was an interactable. Yeah, okay. So how about so, yeah, yeah? I just didn't didn't get that jump scare. That's, um, oh well. I I don't know if I played Minerva's Den. I think I will have to do that. Is that on uh, my copy of Bioshock? I've got all three. It's Bioshock Two DLC. It's entirely standalone. Like you play as a different character with a different story, and you walk around uh, a completely new area of Rapture using uh, your your big daddy self to try to fix this sentient computer called the Thinker that was like the a- central AI that ran Rapture. Hmm. And this is all uh, Gainer? Yeah, he did the... Uh, I think he was the lead designer on that, and then he left to do Gone Home. Right. Uh, as uh, as we covered in our podcast, episode number... The one with Steve Gaynor in it. Oh, yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah. I played Bioshock 1 and 2 on the 360. Okay. Uh, physical, physical copy. I'm sorry. No, I, 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 I'm not. Console first-person shooter, man. I'm not so bad. In fact, Bioshock is a game that I would play with a controller anyway. Really? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I cannot, Im- I cannot imagine playing there's, that game. There's a line. Uh, some games I could only play with a mouse and keyboard. Some games I can only play with a controller. And Bioshock is definitely on the controller side of that line. Huh. Like, things with... Hmm. Did you play Bioshock Infinite? Not yet. It's installed okay. and waiting. Here's what you should do. Play Bioshock play Infinite with a game. Bioshock Infinite, just like you'd play a regular first-person shooter, but play it up until the first part of the game where you're doing violent stuff and then stop and don't play it anymore. Because you've experienced the best part of the game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, how about I just and then play, play And then play the first five minutes of the second episode of the DLC to walk around a sweet, fake 1910, like 1915 Paris, which is literally impossible because of the architecture not matching up with what his history looked like. For Which is actually really funny for plot reasons, but I won't spoil them. Um, and then as soon as you go back to killing stuff, turn the game off. Okay. So, uh, other games just like Gone Home, I mean, that, uh, that had the same sort of isolation and Alien, uh, alien isolation. Yes, sense of, uh, oh, shoot, what's the word? Where you are, uh, observing. You are the observer. Um, not clairvoyant. There's, like, something else, voyant. Uh, voyeur? Yes, voyeur. Voyeurism. Where you're just sort of stepping into someone else's life and, uh, exploring everything. Uh, and, uh, it reminds me of a, uh, Douglas Copeland book where he writes himself into one of his books where uh, one of the characters runs into this dude on a plane and really needs a favor, like 200 bucks for a, a plane ticket or something. And uh, Douglas Copeland said, all right, on the condition that you give me your laptop without going in and erasing anything first so that I just get a full, clear, 
uncensored version of what your life looks like, and then I'm going to write it into a book, and then I'm going to write myself into that book. Uh, and uh, so it sort of feels like you're, you know, you've you just got someone's hard drive that you're exploring. You're uh, poking around in someone's memories uh, mm. in their in their brain, and then just walking around, especially since the uh, the house is sort of segmented. There's definitely some overlap, but, you know, this, this quarter of the house is uh, unmistakably Sam's hangout. Um, this part is the grand-uncles, great-uncles. Um, and, uh, like, they're sort of, hmm, it's not really chapters because they're not in 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 order like that. You sort of discover them as they, right, as, as you come across them and have to... Uh, piece things together on your own. Um, I mean, there are sort of chapters in that, like, parts of the house are uh, yeah. blocked from you unless until you complete, like, that entire section. But, like, you discover things that happen in one storyline uh, after you discover things that happened later on in that storyline. Like, right, the, the, right. the chronology of the specific storylines are off. For example, like, the first thing that you find out is that everyone is gone for some reason and you can't figure out why. Then you find out that, you know, that, that anyway, yeah. Uh, super good, super uh, cathartic. And uh, I don't wish that it was longer because I feel like it was a, a really good length. Uh, I just wish there was now something else that I could go and play because I've already played uh, uh, Dear Esther and I've already played um, Ethan Carter. Ethan yeah. Carter? Yeah. Ethan Carter was... You, you should uh, the Stanley Parable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's 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 perfect. Yeah, that's right in there, isn't it? That one is like kind of. I mean, weird, it, it's it's a walking simulator, but uh, it's not the same. Not it's a very different it's, walking simulator. Yeah, it's a tonal it's a tonal shift. Its yeah. goal is to sort of take apart that genre. Anyway, um, it's it's yeah. supposed to take apart a lot of linear games that present I, themselves. As I think I, I think I enjoyed the Stanley Parable less than I enjoyed Ethan Carter. Hmm. I think that uh, Stanley Parable was a lot funnier than Ethan Carter. I, I think that most things are a lot funnier than <laughs> Ethan Carter. <laughs> right. But, like, I, I don't know. I enjoy them for different reasons. Yeah. I, I also, like, the Stanley Parable, I had played the mod. Mm. So I wasn't nearly as enthralled by it the second time. The narrator is pretty fantastic. Sure, yeah, he's really funny. Uh, also, uh, Stanley, Parable, Stanley Parable was basically just a, a game made for me because I'm a person who will absolutely go and find all of those places where the narrator doesn't want you to go. Like, yeah, I know. that is the way that I well, see Yeah, I mean, do, does I the narrator, the, in the I mean, narrator not wanting you to go there, doesn't the narrator sort of uh, incentivize you to go there? I think he means the actual game developer. The, yeah, <laughs> like not the nar- not the the plot narration. Whatever game that I'm playing, I will always you know try to jump over this wall to get to that spot where I'm not supposed to get or whatever. And yeah, right. like being out of Family balance. Parable is right. a game that absolutely rewards that it, right in every part of the game. And I yeah. found like I I liked Ethan Carter better. Like I felt like Ethan the Vanishing of Ethan Carter is similar to the sort of game that I would like to make on my list of games that I would like to make. Mm. Well, I mean, that would be that would be easier than a, an RPG. Uh, All you have to do is uh, make a whole bunch of models and don't stop, and then. 
Yep. Yeah, potentially. It's hard. I mean, like, uh, also, also have an engine that you're using that does all of the work for you. <laughs> like, yeah, the, I mean, like, the thing is, Ethan Carter is full 3D, and that's a lot harder mm-hmm. than an RPG. Le- just learn how to model. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go to modeling. Yeah, school, there's, guys. there's so many. Uh, there's so many free tutorials for how to use Blender, a free Blender tool to learn how to model. Blender is really strong. Yeah, and it's free, and it's like if if Step you put one, in the time. Start with the cube. Let me. Let, say, let me let me explain to you something about Blender. I will cut off my hands if I stick my hands in that Blender. <laughs> Your hands, do they blend? Yes, too well, in fact. <laughs> let me make you a delicious smoothie out of this hand that I found attached to the end of my wrist. Next week is our 50th anniversary. <laughs> and as we said, maybe we're going to have a special guest on that episode. All right, I think... I think uh, this this podcast has gone over long. Justin, how would our listeners get a hold of us, should they so wish? I I don't know. What do I look like? Somebody who does this segment normally? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we have an uh, email at uh, the Red Pages Podcast at gmail dot com. A website yeah, no, Red Pages Podcast dot com. Uh, Facebook, Reddit? Reddit, Twitter. We would we would really appreciate it if you would give us a review on iTunes. Maybe take like a, a minute out of your day to write something, even if it's a bad review. Even if it's unrelated. Uh, even if you hate this show. Uh, number one, uh, if you hate this show, listening is not compulsory <laughs> uh, yet. So the, you you don't need to keep listening. Uh, but but seriously, like it, it does help us. It helps other people learn about the show. It helps us continue to draw in. Uh, sweet guests and and get new new content for you guys. So is it possible to? Uh, is there like a a, a a voting system on archive.org? No, I don't think uh, so. Is there a review system? No. Hmm. They should totally get on that. If there, I might totally be wrong. So if there is, go to archive.org and and give a rating, I guess. But that that's like not nearly as you know as useful as on iTunes because iTunes doesn't iTunes, like, ranks stuff mm. on their front page. You know what you could do, though, is, uh, since we are licensed under, uh, the uh, Creative Commons, is it? Yeah, we are, uh, yeah, all episodes of Red Pages Podcast are released under a Creative Commons non-attribution, sh- or Creative Commons attribution share-alike license. So you can, uh, you can just take um, all of the audio from all of our episodes and, yeah, uh, make like us that. say some things that we didn't say. Yeah, yeah sure. Really funny. Do some or you sweet like, remixing. I'm down. Yeah, yeah, it means you can you're take all allowed the to episodes and mix them down to the ten minutes of actual quality content. Wow, ten minutes is really. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I I think I think we're done here. Hmm. I've been gored. I, I've already walked out the door. And that's um, Paul. Keep on truck Stein. Unfortunately, we replaced all of your demons with ogres. They're super clumsy.